What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This video is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. The NBA season is in full swing, and you can get into the action at DraftKings. Check out DraftKings parlays and same game parlays where you can combine multiple bets from the same game for a shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings app now. You can use promo code BULLYBALL when you sign up. All one word, B-U-L-L-Y, ball. You can do it. I know you can do it. Only a DraftKings sports book. The crown is yours. Welcome into Bully Ball, presented by, yes, DraftKings. I'm Rachel Nichols. This is DeMarcus Cousins. The semifinals of the in-season tournament are set, Boogie. They are in Las Vegas, and so are we. We are here live at the Blue Wire Studios at the Wynn Resort and Casino. And uh, now that we're in it, man, what is your take on the mid-season tournament? Man, it's it's been actually a lot better than expected. Mm -hmm. um, it's been super competitive. It's got these guys... You know, competitive nature going early in the season. That's great for the fans. That's great for the game. So uh, I think it's been all positives, you know, moving forward with this plan that the league put in. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing that it, it worked out in, a, you know, a positive way. So uh, I think it's been good for the league. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's done a great job, like, energizing the base, like they say in politics. Like, if you're an NBA fan, this has definitely made your November and beginning of December much more interesting than in previous years. I can't tell because I live in that NBA fan world. Like, do you think that people who are just general sports fans, like, you know, the, the, the games the other night were against football Monday night. Like, it's it's a little bit hard for me to tell if we're talking about it or everyone's talking about it. What do you get a sense of? Uh, I think people are excited about it. Yeah, like, you think it, even it's, just... It's, it's a main topic usually in, in, in your local gyms. Yeah. And, and you, you know, in your local barbershop. So, uh, like I said, I, I think... The plan worked out well yeah. in everybody's favor that, you know, was pushing this idea. And um, and we're getting the results, the exact results that we wanted, which yeah. was high-level basketball early in the season. Good games in the quarterfinals for sure. And then, you know, they have coming to Vegas. They've got LeBron on one side of the bracket and Giannis on the other. I know the NBA isn't mad at that. They have mm -hmm. Lillard in there. They've got some big stars. Um, they also announced what the hardware is going to be for this in addition to the money, which we've been talking about. Um, the hardware, they're going to give out a trophy to the team that wins. There's an MVP trophy, but the MVP trophy appears to be for the tournament, not for the game. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of interesting, right? You could have a guy win for the tournament, but not even be on the winning team right. for the game. So I don't know how that's going to work out. That's going to get some, con <laughs> there's going to be some controversy there. Well, in a way, I guess the main result would be getting everybody to play at a high level. So yeah. regardless, you know, a guy may slack back. It's like, man, we're down 30, you know, I'm, you, we may not have right, a chance right. today. Well, you can still we get still a guy get on MVP. that losing side to go get a 50 ball that night. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, it, it just, it's entertained. It obviously is going to keep these fans entertained. That's the name of You're the game. getting the best of the best, mm -hmm. playing the best level of basketball 30 games into the season. So, uh, you know, that's a plus, And that's, that's exactly what we were looking for. There's more hardware, though, Bug. So here we go. 
the winning team, every member of the Middle East winning team is going to get, a, I'm laughing because it seems a little silly to me, get a medal placed around his neck, like mm-hmm. Olympic style. How do you feel about that? You know, theatric sale. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe, the, do they do this in soccer? You, I don't you know. Wouldn't, you wouldn't want somebody to? I would not want someone to put a medal around my neck unless I won an Olympic Games. I feel like that's special for that. But I don't know. I don't pay attention to the soccer tournaments in Europe that this mm-hmm. was based on. Um, maybe they get medals, although soccer is different anyway. There's you all kinds of different things. Medal, right? I do- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like medals should be for something. I don't know. I don't know. It's lovely. Like the more them, everyone's happy. If it makes them happy, go for it. I wonder if next year we'll, we'll also see medals. I it's a, a little medal. bit. You want a medal? I you want, want you want a medal? Okay. All right. So yeah, guys, maybe they want medals. There you go. Um, there was also a basketball made out of solid black crystal. And you saw that photo of that. That looked nice. And um, this will go to an all-tournament team that they're also mm. doing. So maybe a guy who got eliminated in the corners, but will make the all-tournament team, you know. So they're they're really trying to obviously make all these accolades mean something. Do you think that when, you know, say LeBron. It's like, Little League. Well, I was going to say, say LeBron. Every, everybody's a winner. <laughs> well, say LeBron goes, you know, he, the, the Lakers have had the best point differential of the tournament so far. He's obviously been the player of the, on the team, you know, of the Lakers. So if they went on to win, he would be that MVP, right? In, in this scenario. Yeah. Or Giannis, if if the Bucks go on to win, maybe he's the MVP or Dame's the MVP. Is this going to be listed in his Hall of Fame? Any of those guys in their Hall of Fame accolades that they won? I, I'm not sure. That they I got mean, a medal? <laughs> that they won MVP? I mean, is it? Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not making fun. That, yeah, I, I'm not sure how that would go. Uh, I mean, if it came down to my legend, I want everything. You want I, everything I want on there. Everything I earned, I want it listed. You want it on there. All right. If so I maybe had it's three medals, point. I need all three oh, medals listed. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> See, yeah. there you go. We're learning something. Apparently, player, non-player, the players want it all. All right. I mean, look. Here's what I think. I don't think if LeBron goes on to win this, or Giannis, or Dame, um, especially with a guy like Giannis or LeBron, who's won actual, you know, season MVP awards, who's won actual, you know, NBA championship rings. Like, I don't think this is high on the list, Mm -hmm. but I think when we talk about the in-season tournament, who won it the first time is something we will always talk about. And that's what I think LeBron has been after. Because when you hear him talk after games and how this has been, you know, from the jump, he was the one from the jump who was like, oh, no, 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 we're going to care in these games. And they were 4-0 and they had this huge, you know, 18 points a game is what they were averaging their wins by. Like, it's because he wants to be the first, not so much that having it on his resume matters, I think, right? I mean, being the first is also adding to the resume. Right, so, uh, there you go. I mean, we can we can sit here and act like we don't know. LeBron wants every reward he can yeah. get, like, <laughs> leaving out of this game, and deservedly so. Yeah. Uh, he wants to be known as one of the greatest to ever do it, so he's going to do everything he can in his power to make that happen. And winning this medal and all these new awards, that's mm-hmm. just added to the list. Now, when they beat the Suns, I'm looking for my paper here because I got quotes from the guys. When they beat the Suns, oh, it might be on the back. Yeah. Uh, when they beat the Suns, we got to talk a little bit about how it went down. LeBron, 31 points, 8 and 11, five steals, played 40 minutes, ridiculous fourth quarter. But we can talk about that. We can talk more about how he's had a crazy year all season, ridiculous. He's turning 39 in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, can't talk about any of that though until we talk about what happened in the final 10 seconds of the game LeBron calls a timeout it allows the Lakers to maintain possession Lakers were only up two the Suns would have gotten the ball back with seven seconds and two deadly shooters on the court Mm -hmm. instead Lakers keep the ball what was your take seeing how it played out janky business (laughs) (laughs) that was that was that was janky um 
it's it's really no explanation for that. It's no excuse. It's, you can go back and look at the replay. You would literally have to come up with a lie. To, yeah. You know, excuse They missed that. it. So, the, the referee missed it. He was on the other side of the court. They missed it. Yeah. Um, they should have gave the ball to Phoenix. And, you know, whatever happened at that point happens. But you can't take the game away from Phoenix the way you did. Well, okay. So the guys on the team had very different viewpoints of this after the game. KD was more like circumspect. He was like, look, he said, quote, that's not the ball game. It's one play. Mm-hmm. It's a 48-minute game. I don't like to complain about calls. Sometimes the ref's not going to get it right. Sometimes it's on us to play through all that stuff, not worry about and putting and not ever putting the game in the ref's hands. So that's one take. Book, not so much. <laughs> he's like, y'all saw it, y'all saw it. And then he's like, we're not asking for favoritism, just a fair chance. So who, who, which, which would you be after that game? Would you be Devin Booker? Or would you be KD? Well, it also shows you the difference. You know, it shows you who's the champion and who's trying to be a champion. So, uh, Obviously, it's, it's nothing but respect for, you know, Kevin Durant's approach. Like, I think that's, as a leader, I think that's the right approach to have. You want to mm-hmm. always keep your guys in a positive space. And, you know, you don't want to trip over certain calls because it can all, that, those habits, build, doing that can start a habit. And then those habits become long term. You so, don't say. Yeah, you know, I learn, I learn, I learn. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, uh, I'm not mad at Book either because yeah. I was a, I was the type book was I'm fiery when when I felt like things were taken out of my control when it comes to the game I'm upset about it so uh I can totally understand what book is coming from but uh two different approaches and I believe two different you know roles when it comes to that team and I think both you know handle it in a respectable way look if the Lakers do go on and win this will it stick in your mind an asterisk of some sort or like eh, I don't know if they should have even been there or would it be like that was three games ago whatever? Uh, I mean you also can't look at it that way either because I mean, the Lakers didn't force them to call it. Yeah. So uh, you can't be mad at the Lakers for it and win their way. Some, and that's how the game goes sometimes. It just, it happens that way. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's really no fairness in the game. It's, it's all about competing and, you know, what happens, happens. Yeah. So, um, no, I don't I don't believe it should be an asterisk next to their name yeah. at all. That, stop trying to put asterisks next to the I'm Lakers. Just like, I don't, <laughs> Look, nobody, nobody <laughs> I don't get it. is like, shouting from rooftops more than I that I think the 2020 <laughs> title should count for more. Man, that's... Not less, more. Because that bubble was serious business. Yes, and was. I think that that should... That, anyone who says that's not a real title does not know what they're talking but, about. Or just Period. a hater. Just, just a, a flat like, out hater. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I just, you know, how much do you take this stuff into account? I think it happened, if it happened in the title game, Mm-hmm. I think people might be a little more quick to be like, Absolutely. hey, how real is this? Yes. But it happened what will have been three games ago. And they mm-hmm. might not even know. Lakers might not even make it there because they've got the Pelicans coming up. Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I do want to, before we leave that game, uh, 27 points, 15 rebounds. He was 20, 10 of 26 from the field, but really dominated up close. Um, you know AD so well. You played with him. Why do you think he's a target for fans, even fans of their own team sometimes? Uh, well, one, he's the easiest target. Uh, you know, we've we've watched this game long enough. We've been around it long enough. It'll never be LeBron's fault. Right. So, <laughs> he's the easiest target. It's always going to be AD's fault. He yeah. could have scored 50. Is, well, he didn't score 52. Right. But, uh, you know, it's the nature of the beast. You got one guy that's established, legendary. So he's earned that. He's earned that, that right to, you know, almost never be wrong. So, I mean, it is what it is, the nature of the beast. So AD's the easiest target, like. And for the most part, the people that are complaining or that do try to blame, you know, AD for the struggles or the or the lack of, they're casuals. Yeah. They they don't really understand the game and how it's played. Or, 
you know, it's a, it, this is a moving puzzle. So every piece matters. So um, like I said, they're just casual. So they're trying to understand the game on a, you know, not just a surface level. They'll never be able to get to that point. Yeah, well, look, I'm interested to see what happens in this next game against the Pelicans because there's going to be a lot of attention on him. We look at what the Pelicans did to the Kings, uh, finally getting healthy, right? They look mm-hmm. like they are they really have all the pieces working. Brandon Ingram had a nice, strong game. C.J. McCollum back from that second collapsed lung. My Lord, C.J., come on. <laughs> Got to keep you healthy, friend. Yes. Um, you know, it was interesting. Zion didn't play for a chunk of the fourth quarter and the Kings were really targeting him Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting case because he is so explosive offensively. Even when they try to take his game away, he finds a way around it. He's just really just been exceptional so many times in this young season. But defensively, you can pick on him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it seemed like Willie Green had to decide at one point, like, am I going to let that keep happening or am I going to take him out for a little while? But he's, you can't have one of your best players on the bench when it matters. So what, right. as a big man, what do you see there when you see that breakdown? Um... I think that's on uh, management. I don't. I don't. I don't blame Zion for it. I mean, you know his strengths. You know his weaknesses. So that's management management's job to put the correct pieces around him to make your star be a star, mm-hmm. play at the highest level, mm-hmm. and also complement everything that he brings to the game. So uh, if you know one of his weaknesses is you know being a defensive liability, you need to make sure it's something either in front or behind that's right. going to protect him at all times. So uh, I put that on management, but. Regardless of that being said, um, as a player, you also have to hold yourself accountable. If yeah. you know these are your weaknesses, let's work on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or, or increase effort in another area to you make know up for it. make up for that lack. Yeah. So uh, even if it's you know being the loudest guy on the floor, the best communicator on the floor, you always know in every rotation you're able to coach your guys through it. Uh, that can help. You yeah. know what I mean? So. Uh, it's it's a balance of both. I, I I mean, I could look at both people in both situations, and um, well, in the same situation, yeah. and you can blame either or. But uh, it's a fixable situation. It's just about everybody getting on the same page with you know, fixing that weakness. He's had a couple great fourth quarters this season, so it's not like you can't play him in the fourth. Absolutely. But I am interested what happens in this game against the Lakers because this is a size matchup, right? This mm-hmm. this is where the Pelicans are going to bring it with their size, the Lakers with their size. Lakers are a big team. Yes. What, what do you think? Who wins that that aspect of the line of the matchup? Um, as far as size, I, I would I would lean towards the Lakers. Uh, they got a lot of you know forwards around that six nine six mm-hmm. eight area. So uh, you know, just seeing that on a nightly basis is tough for any team. So uh, I would lean with you know towards the Lakers on that part. But uh, I think they have the you know I think they have the explosiveness to you know match that height mm-hmm. on any given night. Zion is. Not your typical six six guy, say. so it's 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 like that's kind of leveled out by default. You know what I mean? So uh, I think it's a great matchup. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. So uh, I'm excited for this. Do you pick? My gut's going to go with the Lakers. I just feel like when LeBron wants something, yes, LeBron goes and yes. gets it right. And the guy knows how to win. Yeah, so. and sometimes look, there's a Nikola Jokic in your way, but not this time. So, right. so uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with the experience on this one. But you like this Pelicans team. You played with a lot of these mm-hmm. guys and like Zion Ingram, uh, CJ, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Murphy, Alvarado. Uh, there's there's so many guys on this team who I think have talent. Larry Nance, like, mm-hmm. what are you? Very young, talented group. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of under the radar guys that, yep. you know, they weren't big names coming out, but they're extremely talented, you know, in the position they're in now. So uh, 
they're going to always surprise people until those names are really established. But, I mean, as far as talent, I think it's a perfect matchup. Both teams are very talented. Both teams are hungry. And, uh, you know, one side really, really has something to prove with being a young team, and another one has something to prove just because they're, they're legend. So uh, it's going to be a good one. Plus, you got one of the top five nicknames in the NBA currently on that roster. What's that? Grand Theft Alvarado, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's such a I mean, that's, nickname. I mean, it's, it's, he does that move, right? You just steal the ball. Like, come it's on. suitable. For right? sure. Yeah, it's suitable. I love that. Sure, Logo yeah. Lillard. That's one of my other favorites right now. What's the other one? At Logo Lillard for, okay, for like current, okay. current NBA players' nicknames, right? Mm-hmm. We got to get a list going. I don't know who else we should get on the red velvet. Am I here? They got red. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> For who? I'm not. I'm not calling a uh, a grown man red velvet. Who's red sorry. velvet? Sorry. Oh, please. That's sick. Please. Yeah, I'm not. Please, I'm no. Pastor. I'm not. That that nickname is banned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about the other side of the bracket. Bucks Pacers. Uh, man, Tyrese Halliburton came out strong the other night. I mean, he was crazy. That four point play as things were breaking down the last minute and a half was incredible. Um, It was so much fun. The environment at the Mm -hmm. field house. I love that when basketball is hype in Indiana, those people know what they're doing. Like that, that building is rocking. It Mm -hmm. reminded me of some of those Reggie Miller days. And I got to tell you, it was so fun to see that. And that's one thing about this tournament. That's great. That fan base had that great moment and that would not have existed in a random game. At the beginning of December. So I love that. Um, Look, they are an offensive wrecking ball, right? The defense, not so much on the defensive side. (laughs) It's not that important. Who needs defense these days? (laughs) Who needs it, I say. (laughs) Um, Given that balance, though, given that they, they, you know, put put the gas pedal down, do you feel that like big picture, no matter what happens here in Vegas, do you think that like this, this team could actually contend in the East or they are still some sort of defensive stopper away? Um... As far as the tournament goes, no, no, or no. just it, over for the East this year. Look, we're we're seeing uh, a team that's, that's. I think they'll be a really good team this year. Okay. Um, I think they'll be a playoff. First round, maybe. <laughs> See, it, it, I mean, we. It's kind of well known. It, things just change in the playoffs. I like, know. <laughs> it's it's not regular season, so I think they'll be a playoff team. Okay. Um, will they be a second round team? Yeah, play defense. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a little different when yeah. when when teams start to key in and scheme and all these things it's a different game so uh and then also the youth isn't really the you know same fact yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, you guys haven't uh, been there before look i mean this was their tyrese halliburton this was his first game ever on tnt when you talk about experience having been there will not be the last but i mean it was interesting to me too hearing that like you when you were in sacramento did it take a while for the national media to recognize that they should be putting your guys' games on tv or with the history of Sacramento, it was, it was good enough. I, they made the right choice. Okay. Not, I mean, <laughs> views would definitely be down. But uh, <laughs> they made it. I mean, they they got the right Sacramento team on TV. Yeah, on TV right, right now. <laughs> not the other one. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if you're a young star, I mean, mm-hmm. you were putting together all-star seasons. Like, if you're yeah. a young star and have your team either because they're not playing so well or, you know, because they're in a smaller market. Well, unless you got to. I'm sorry to cut you. No, no, go, go. Unless you're the number one pick, like you could be as talented as you want. Like it's just not going to be, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You're not going to be on TV until you start winning games. Yeah. You actually have a good team around you. People want to see good teams. They don't just want to see, you know, good players. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's kind of what the situation was. So like I said, they got the right Sacramento rolling right now. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we'll be interesting to see them play the Bucks. Uh, what's your for before we get to the Bucks? What's your call there on uh, Bucks Pacers? I'm gonna go with the Bucks, man. I it's just no, it's no answer for Giannis. Yep. I, Miles Turner, you know, uh, you know, say your prayers and you know, <laughs> a little sip of holy water. You are gonna need it. Uh, but yeah, it's no answer. It's, it's literally no answer. Nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing there for him. <laughs> I was so. gonna throw you some numbers. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Bucks. Yeah, sure. I was gonna throw you some numbers too about uh, Dame and Giannis together because they were uh, 63 points they put in together combined in that game against the Knicks on Tuesday. And when Dame scores 20 or more, they are 14 and one. And the fact that he has obviously been able to organize them at the end of games in a way that we used to complain about them not being able to do before has mean, we've seen it. The thing that they traded for, we've seen it. I would say their record is a little bit of a mirage. Like they haven't won all those games in as strong fashion as they should have, but I'm willing to give them time to get it together. Uh, do you think that they've had some defensive issues? Do you think that's going to come into play? Well, if not in the Spacers game, then maybe in the final if they get that far? I think I think so, but that's kind of expected. This, mm-hmm. is, this is a brand new team, yeah. you know? So uh, it's a brand new team with a brand new identity. Like, you know, what they were accustomed to before Dame got there, that's, you know, that was the old Bucks. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be an adjustment for even the guys that have been there five, six, seven years. You know what I mean? Because this is a whole new system. They, they brought in a major piece that you have to— you know, have to make work. It has mm-hmm. to mesh. So uh, it's going to be new for everybody. So for them to still be producing like this on a positive note. Even in just a few months in? Amidst, you know, figuring things out and, you know, still creating the team chemistry, I think they're in a great place. And this is obviously a good sign that they're moving in the right direction. Well, see, I think it's funny. So we were saying about teams in this tournament, you could tell that this tournament did not matter in the same way to the Denver Nuggets that it did to say the Indiana Pacers because the Denver Nuggets are worried about June. Even the Boston Celtics the other night, Boston, I thought, played very hard in that quarterfinal game. I'm no way saying that they were like slacking off at all. But after the game, if you listen to their quotes, they were like, oh yeah, it's too bad it didn't work out. Like we got another game later this week. Like they, you know, they're looking at June. The Pacers, this was a huge deal for them. I actually think the Bucks, even though they're looking at June, they're more in that Nuggets- Celtics category, I actually think it would be a big deal if the Bucks won this because you have a gut bunch of guys who haven't played together and to have them accomplish something together in a tournament setting with stakes on the line. And if they can put that together and win this cup, I actually think that will leapfrog them a little bit ahead than they would be progress-wise in their first season together. That, that would definitely be a confidence boost. And right? I can see where you're coming from on that note. So, um, And also to be great for the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, Lakers, Bucks. Uh, Giannis, Dame, LeBron, yeah. Anthony Davis. I'm tuned in. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Do you know who else is good TV? Boogie Cousins. Good TV is Steph Curry. Steph Curry is good TV. Must Headliners watch. with Rachel Nichols. That's me. Uh, is back on Showtime. We got season two starting this week. I'm so excited. And the first interview, we killed it with the first interview because we sat down with Steph and Steve Kerr together. And for me, this was so important to get them sitting and talking together, Boog, because I think this is one of the great coach-player relationships we have in pro sports right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way they got, these guys have grown together and what they put together, and we saw that tested, right, with the Jordan Poole, DeMar- uh, with the oh, DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Draymond Green. (laughs) Draymond Green, baby. Uh, um, 
with the, with the Draymond Green situation, Steph, Steph run, ran in there, right? Mm-hmm. He, he did as much as a coach in kind of repairing that. So I was really excited to get them together. And uh, one of the things we talked about was that they're similar players. And I think that helps the relationship too. The most accurate three-point shooter in NBA history was on that couch during this interview, but it was not Steph Curry. It is still Steve Kerr. Wow. Is still number one. And I asked them about that. And Steve, um, he explained why Steph isn't number one. He thinks it's because Steph uh, puts himself out there a little bit more. Take a listen. One of my favorite things about Steph. So uh, we had a game last night. One second on the clock before halftime. Right. We have the ball out under our own basket, 94 feet away. He looks at the defense. (laughs) He catches it and he flings a shot, 90 feet, Mm -hmm. that actually comes kind of close. Mm -hmm. And that shot goes against him in the scoreboard. That's that's a missed three, right? Mm -hmm. He takes these shots every game, every game. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest. When I played, and like most players, yeah, you get like, that ball, it's like maybe you take a dribble, <laughs> right? like, oh, I don't think I, you know, yeah, you don't want to ruin your percentage. You give it to the rookie, right? It, That's a big move. Throw a grenade every this guy around. shoots every one of those shots. Right. And I, I think part of it is um, he's he's one of the greatest showmen, like, that I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. like you, you love, you love the spectacular, right? Mm-hmm. You, you love to do something that n- nobody else does. And I, it took me a while to learn that, like, you know, your, our first year together, like you were taking some of those threes and, you know, I had the, the voice of every coach I ever had saying, that's a terrible shot, yeah. that's a terrible <laughs> shot. Right? And then I realized like that was, that's part of your superpowers that you love, you love to put on a show. But what I had to piece together was part of the show is it, it also wins. This is not like, just doing crazy stuff for the help. This, this helps us win. You know how many, like he, he made a full court shot at the end of the Memphis series, our first year mm-hmm. together at the end of the third quarter in a brutal six game series. He makes an 80 foot shot that basically helps us win. So he, not only does he love to put on a display for the fans, but he knows he's gonna make some of these. been having so much fun with these conversations because they're just relaxed, shooting the shit, as you can tell, and, and you get some of these great stories. You played on that roster. What is it like <clears throat> watching Steph in a game make some of those shots and in practice even, right? And it's, it's pretty sick. Um, I mean, I, I remember days we would just, you know, we'll be walking into practice to prepare for practice. You know, uh, guys would kind of shoot around before. And after that, you know, we would sit down, watch film, go over, you know, whatever we're going to go over. But, uh, you know, Steph had this thing to where he kind of walked in the gym and the first basketball he would see, he would just pick it up and he would toss it. <laughs> and I watched this dude, like, make shot after shot after shot, just throwing this random it's basketball. Going like, in. Like, it's just a little tennis ball or something. And it's just... <laughs> so, to, you know, transfer over to the game, like, Obviously, his confidence is through the roof with, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to say grenades. Like, mm-hmm. those are grenades. Those are right. So, uh, I mean, he makes them time, time after time. I know his confidence and his, you know, his mindset is that I know I can make this shot. So, it makes sense why he shoots those every chance he gets. So, um, that's the ultimate green light. <laughs> ultimate green light. We'll probably never see that again in the history of the game. 
Well, Steph keeps teasing Steve. He's like, look, man, you were a better three-point shooter than I was. And Steve's like, yeah, no, that's not accurate at all. <laughs> not <laughs> even not close. <laughs> remotely accurate. <laughs> um, like Headliners is back. Uh, this, uh, this episode is going to debut Thursday evening, December 7th, Paramount Plus with Showtime. So go check that out. We will bring you little clips every week from now on. I'm very excited about that. I'm also always excited about On the Radar presented by DraftKings. In-season tournament odds, we've had those uh, going up, but I want to talk to you about the NBA awards at the end of the season. There has been a new award uh, that's relatively recent, the Clutch Player of the Year. We voted on that last year. And if we look at the odds, three of the players who are up for Clutch Player of the Year who have the best odds are in this in-season tournament right now. Um, Do you think if, say, Lillard has a you know great clutch moment during this tournament game, even though they're not going to count in the regular season standings. Mm-hmm. He should still that should be factored in in voters' minds. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, he has a history of doing this anyway, so mm-hmm. uh, it's not a far fetched thing to you know <laughs> consider Dame Lillard as you know one of the clutch players of the season. So uh, he's done it time and time again. Mm-hmm. We're, I'm pretty sure finishing out this tournament, we're going to get a clutch moment from him. That's just who he is as a player. So mm-hmm. uh, it makes sense. Yeah, man. I mean, look, so far I would give it to Dame Lillard. I mean, he's been <laughs> <laughs> he's been exceptional in that Milwaukee uniform in that category. And, and as I said, like just changed Milwaukee's sort of, you know, geometry there. They can do things at the end of games they couldn't do before. So be interesting to see how that turns out. All right. Our friends at All The Smoke, speaking of clutch players, Matt and Stack recently sat down with Dirk Nowitzki, I want you to take a look at this clip. 28 points per game, 49% field goal, 46% three-point, 94% from the free throw line. Gee willikers. Took down Kobe, KD, and LeBron. Mm. Mm. We call that, as you know, on one. <laughs> you was definitely on one. What, what mind frame were you in? We started a roll. Uh, we won game five at home, beat them in game six, went straight down to LA and, and, and stole a miracle game one where Kobe was like, hot mm-hmm. at like 40 I think it seemed like he couldn't miss and we basically stole that one at the buzzer and from there I don't know we just we just got confidence was getting better and we had the roles were defined perfectly right you had you had tricks and and, and kid and and Tyson they were the defenders right mm-hmm. on offense we we knew Jet and I and, and JJ we were going to wheel and deal and, and do our thing and obviously we had some shooters but I felt like we, our roles were, were perfectly defined and we had, uh, you know, a great bench that we can change the tempo a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just a magical time. 28 points per game, 49% field goal, I mean, 46% three-pointer. Right? That is serious. Um, Steven's point, right, that he went through KD, Kobe, and LeBron to claim his first title. I mean, in the history of the toughest road to the final, that's that's pretty good, right? That's, uh, I mean, Dirk is solidified. Like, All right. <laughs> I mean, we know he got one. You know, he, he took a lot of scrutiny in his career for not being able to win. Yep. But the one he did win, I, it's not it's not many that may even come close. Yeah. Yeah, so he's solidified in this game. Yeah. Obviously. Now, his Hall of Fame induction was so much fun to be at this year. I mean, it was a crazy induction anyway with Dwayne Wade. I mean, all the guys that they had there. Um, but... Dirk just, he had such a great sense of humor about everything. He, playing with one team his whole career and how special that turned out to be. Uh, you know, he told me a great story about how Kobe tried to recruit him for the Lakers late right. in his career. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 I'm not coming to your team. You can come to my team if you want, which I love. 
Um, but yeah, look, uh, if you look at the 95 Rockets, they won the title as the sixth seed. They beat the Jazz, uh, Phoenix, Spurs, and Magic, who had won 57 games. Um, maybe, kind of. I mean, being the sixth seed That's is tough. tough, right? That's tough. Right? And then to me, the 2016 Cavs are in that conversation. They swept Detroit. That was, you know, they swept Atlanta that was supposed to give them a lot of trouble and didn't. Um, beat the Raptors in six. That was a little bit of messing around. And then, uh, you know, obviously we know what happened in the finals. You beat a team that makes history for 73 wins that automatically counts you as having one of the tougher roads right. to a title, right? So, right. yeah. But I don't know. I think I think Dirk's got, got claim to the toughest road, certainly. By far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. All right, that's the one. Um, check out All the Smoke. Uh, that's a great episode and it's up already. It's really, really, really good. All right, Doom Scroll. We are looking at social media so you don't have to. Um, and much of the social media buzz around the NBA this morning involved you, Boogie Cousins. Oh, oh. talk to me, talk to me. <laughs> Last night, got? Kyle Kuzma was doing a Q&A from fans on Twitter and someone asked, what was your welcome to the NBA moment? And Boogie, I would like you to read the tweet of what he said back. Oh, man, let's see. I hit Boogie with a nice up and under. Then bro said he was going to clothesline my light-skinned ass if I did it again. That's accurate. That's accurate. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what accurate. strategy there? Uh, he hit me with a really nice move. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's that's kind of where it stemmed from. But uh, he was young at the time. You know, I kind of throw him off his game. I don't want him to build confidence off a good move, mm -hmm. you know, to keep going in the game. So I'm going to throw his, you know, his mind. Hey, man, do that shit again. I'm going to. Right here. here, yeah, you right here. <laughs> so, uh, but nah, it was fun and games. We laughed about it. Kuzis, you know, that's my guy. So, uh, you know, still stands though. Still stands. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Mo Wagner then chimes in. He says Kevin Durant fouled me when I'm talking about his his welcome to the NBA moment. He said Kevin Durant fouled me, and without knowing it was him. I said, you can't guard me. And then it turned out to be Kevin Durant. And you, you were on this team. You, yeah. KD, and Draymond were all at the free throw line talking shit to me while I was throwing <laughs> three free throws. He said, I was so shook. I made one out of three. Yeah, What'd y'all say I, to him? I actually remember that moment. And uh, for him to say, yeah, I didn't know it was KD, that's, mm -hmm. that's cap. That's the reason you got, you know, we was on his ass the way we was after that. So, uh, you know, he was feeling himself. He made a couple good plays and, you know, Mo, he's a he's a chirper. So he likes to get under people's skin. He likes to say off the wall shit. Yeah, he did that, and, and you know, it bit him in the ass in the end. So <laughs> KD piled onto this also this morning. He said, "Damn, I remember walking away from that game thinking that rookie's an asshole." There you go. It <laughs> makes my point right there. <laughs> I just love that guys are still like, "Yeah, my welcome to the NBA moment with Boogie Cousins." Two oh, two for God. one on this, a hundred percent. I'm sure they are not the only ones. Um, look, let's talk a little NBA expansion because uh, Adam Silver was once again talking about this. Uh, the Guardian newspaper ranking the top five cities that could land a team. Number five on the list was Vancouver. I would like to see the NBA back in Vancouver personally as a person who visits NBA games, just saying. Number four, Montreal. I would also like to see that. That would be phenomenal. I used to cover hockey. Montreal, fantastic city. Uh, but let's get more into the realm of reality. Number three on this list is Mexico City. Mm -hmm. um, number two is Seattle. And number one is where we sit here, fabulous Las Vegas. And, and look, Las Vegas and Seattle we've been talking about for years. Yes. This feels like a sure thing. Mm -hmm. Mexico City, though, the league has like dabbled in being interested in being there. They play a game there at least once a year, um, sometimes more often. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you think about putting an actual NBA team in Mexico City? Uh, it would be interesting. Uh, 
you know, it would be different. Um, I don't know how, you know, how comfortable guys would be when, you know, moving their entire family to Mexico and things of that nature. Um, Mexico City is, a, you know, a beautiful city and things like that. It's just, it's a different world. You know what I mean? It's different than what we're accustomed to. Uh, so I don't know. It, it, it would be interesting. But, you know, as far as Seattle and Vegas, those make perfect sense. Those relax. Absolutely. You move two guys to the West, yeah. you know, and maybe and Memphis and New finally, Orleans. Yes, exactly. Realign where they should be. Absolutely. So um, those obviously make sense. So Yeah. No, I, I, I want to see that, obviously. Seattle deserves a team back. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it should have, you know, been moved in the first place. Although right, Oklahoma right, City, right. they've shown up for that team. So that's great. Um, Sacramento almost moved to Seattle, but having a new fresh team, I think would be good for them. Las Vegas. Absolutely. Be good for them. I don't know. All right. Well, we will see what happens with these tournament games. You and I will be there. And, uh, I'm very interested when we regather on Monday to talk about who won this thing. <laughs> we will be on your airwaves. Yes. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can check us out on the Showtime YouTube channel as well. And if you go to the podcast app, if it's on Spotify, if it's on Apple, you got to give us our five-star reviews. Otherwise, Boogie will come clothesline your ass, apparently. Coming to um, find you. <laughs> It helps us in the algorithm, people. We're a new pod. So go give us those good reviews and we will see you on Monday. Absolutely.